On agenda tonight, Sam Turton, Paul Moulton, Bernard Moffat and me, Phil Gorn, taking a reverent look back over the year just gone and look forward to the year to come. Will a great light appear in the darkness? Don't get your hopes up. I suppose the year has been uh, memorable most for being unmemorable, other than the (laughs) fact that uh, a number of people um, resigned during the course of it from prominent positions, both within the political side of the establishment and uh, the administrative side. So I suppose uh, they are some of the big events. And um, when you look back on the year, if you went out on the street now to do a vox pop and said to people uh, what was in the budget last year, um, most people would have forgotten, completely forgotten what was there because it's been overshadowed by this um, internalising that goes on. And I mean, I notice this in the media. I'm always uh, happy to criticise the media and great, there's two of them here at the moment and yourself uh, to get it right in the teeth. The fact is the media indulge the personality of politicians too much at the present time. They're always planting themselves in front of Paul's camera or your microphones when in actual fact they're doing nothing really of substance. And that's what the year amounts to, nothing really of substance. So sorry to start on a negative note, but I'm always <laughs> negative. So maybe maybe a, a challenge for, for the next uh, next year would be for you to come in and uh, take over from my uh, my seat. I'll I'll operate the now knobs and dials for you. That's no, no. Paul's role. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then maybe you could ask some of these tough questions. Paul, you're you're a pussycat, uh, Bernard says. Yeah, well, we I love Bernard. You know, he, he gives me this <laughs> hard. No, he gives me a hard time when he writes things up, but I like it because uh, he he does it sort of tongue in cheek. But it, it's good to have reaction to stuff, and. Uh, we were having a chat before this about politics in general, and you, you, you just don't get the numbers at all. People aren't engaging as much as they should be. I think that's a really good point. Uh, and Paul's been at this game for probably, you know, from uh, the media perspective, a lot longer than a lot of people. Even when um, uh, Charles Gard duffed him up at... Um, <laughs> it's uh, still Mil- the most talked about video of yeah, all time. Yeah, Town. I mean, one of the things Charles actually uh, complimented you on was the output that you've had. And a lot of that output is political. And, um, I mean, if you're getting these vibes from the public and from what you see politically, I, I would I would take that as a 100% position of where we're at at the present time, well, which is... Mm. it's it, Luke... You know, joking aside, I know it's difficult for the media because this is a small pond and you depend on access to these people. I know uh, people in this radio station, not not working here now, but from years ago, who were actually blanked by some politicians. Um, so it's a difficult balance you've got to strike. Fortunately, I don't have to strike that balance, <laughs> so I give it to them in the teeth. The thing is, you get numbers these days. You know, it's, it's an online interview. Obviously, radio is slightly different, but you get your age job on that. But I, each year, talk to the politicians, the MHKs. I ask them in for an interview. I would do one on the year that's gone and the year that's coming up. And I can't, well, someone's going to work it out now, but I haven't had a response from a fair few this year. And I've given up almost now asking. I mean, if they want to do these interviews, they want to do it. But why wouldn't a politician want to tell me and the public what they've done and what they're going to do. So we've got the usual suspects that will come to me straight away. And I'm grateful because, I mean, I can't make anyone do it. And I'm, as I said, I'm, I've got to point now, I thought I've asked everyone a few times. But why wouldn't a politician come in front of anybody, their electorate, and talk to us? And it just really annoys me now. That's how I'm feeling. I'm feeling that things aren't well here at all. You know, the, the way things are going is not good. Sorry. And uh, sadly, uh, one of the guests that was due to join us was unable to uh, due to illness, uh, Alistair Ramsey. Uh, Alistair had a really good, um, I felt anyway, uh, article about this uh, recently in which he basically was saying that uh, Timnold seems to have lost lost its way a bit and and forgotten that its role is actually to scrutinise what's going on and uh, hold government to account. Jeff uh, Jeff the Mongoose is Sam uh, Turton. I, I was <laughs> I nearly called you Jeff. Well, I did. Yeah. Okay, I called you Jeff. Sam Turton. Hi, Jeff. It's um, <laughs> all over his, his logo up as usual when he goes anywhere. Big big I signs. Mean, Jeff seems to be quite cool. So all the politicians want to want to love you, don't mm. they? 
<laughs> oh well, until we do something that involves them and putting them in bizarre situations or pictures, then they tend not to. Um, although this week's Bill Henderson on a tank seems to have gone down quite well. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I suppose I think um, Mr. Moffat in the corner there is right that realistically Call this. Me Bernard. <laughs> Grumpy old man. Like that <laughs> I think he's right. It's, it has been a bit of a. Um, there's not a year that you can pick a lot of highlights out of. There was obviously the the fortnight of the long knives came from the Doctor Anson tribunal. That was really the start of the year, and that's still the main sort of the big thing that you can remember. I can't. I, honestly, I was when you said about the budget. I can't remember what was in the budget. Okay, let's be sarcastic. We haven't quite got the uh, ribbon cutting of the promenade, but you know you could say that's exciting. It's finally finished, although it's not. But I've been, you know, they DOI say, the minister says it's done. But then you look, there's the temporary bus stops. that are going to probably sit there for another year or so. Which, I've, if you look at it carefully, is actually helping by leaving a rust ring on the uh, on the very nice new cobbles that they put down. Or I mean, if, is that finished? Is that problem finished? Uh, no one's been run over by a roundel or the zebra crossings that aren't zebra crossings yet. And so. are we going to hear the happy sound of? Horses' hooves trotting the full length of the promenade in in, in a year. Maybe if they short, escape, coming shortly. And that that is a point in itself. That and what colour a post box in Onkin should be. Got more MHKs going bleating to the. And I use that word bleating to the media because all it's a good one. That let's all put our hands up. Oh, we, right. But where were they? Or where are they with the Doctor Ranson situation? They How? seem they seem fixated. You're, you're dead right. They seem fixated on local politics and home in on it. And it's almost as if MHKs now are fighting the next election already by appealing to their constituency base. Going back to what uh, Sam said, it's not as if there's not issues around. There's been loads of issues. I mean, there's the green agenda, what's going to happen with Kroger out there, um, and and so on. I mean, uh, how support has gone from government coffers and who, most importantly, are the people who've derived benefit from it? All these are big issues. They're big key issues, which the media should be uh, um, sort of inquiring into. But it can only uh, inquire if there's somebody there to answer its questions. I mean, it's unfortunate that, uh, as I christened them, Doug Stamper, uh, Alistair Ramsey was for, uh, uh, formerly a uh, a government insider couldn't have been here because he's written some really incisive uh, commentary uh, during the course of the year for uh, Isle of Man Today, which is where I pick it up from. But certainly uh, there's been one or two articles on uh, Jeff as well, but uh, they're not engaging and there's a reason for that. They're either fighting the election or most of the executive, the the Council of Ministers seem to be keeping their head down. They don't seem like a cohesive Council of Ministers for a start. Do you see them that way? You're a former minister, after all. Uh, well, it would be wrong of me to comment. I'm here just to present the programme. Um, An but, honest broker. But, but, yeah, maybe you've got some... So you've, you have a point. Um, perhaps one of the reasons that um, politicians are less eager to engage with the media is because social media is now a thing and uh, Bernard I mean you're you're the probably the, the leader of the keyboard warriors um, in, in terms of in terms of your output um, and uh, you know no in, interactively I'd say uh, Isle of Man news and politics is probably uh, the main site I mean that encourages people to interact with it and um, it's a good site, uh, as far as I'm aware. Um, you've got Crown Dependency News, then that covers um, all the uh, dependencies and further afield. So you get a, an idea of what's going on elsewhere. You, you, you can sort of take a litmus t- a test of what politics is like in similar jurisdictions. The stuff I do, for the most part, is... Um, either critical of Paul. <laughs> uh, no, we love it's, each other. It, 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 it's analysis of what I see in yeah. the news here, and that's probably why I'm uh, often critical. That's probably why I was getting sort of horrified looks as I walked through Manx Radio today. <laughs> I, I must go to Brazil uh, next year and uh, have some of that surgery you can get. Can I so just I can, come in here, look, uh, Bernie? You, of course, you, you can challenge come you engage you have a comment to make and not not necessarily people want to hear these comments you have to remember that because it's too easy just to say 
the world is flat. These aren't the, the droids you're looking for. And people move on, you know, whatever. You, you don't, you you don't engage. think the world is flat. You know, <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? You engage, me. and I love that. <laughs> and there's not enough of it. Mm. But you're going to ruffle some feathers. And isn't that part of the problem, that um, politicians can engage directly with their electorate now through social totally media? Right. Yeah. Uh, well, they they, yeah. they don't have to have that encumbrance, uh, Sam, oh, no, no. of 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 a, of a uh, journalist asking them the awkward questions because all, all they have to do is 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 post what uh, what what they want people to hear. They want access to you. I bet you don't have any problem uh, filling up perspective or agenda with their uh, politicians. They want act to access to you, and they want access to that newsroom down below to a certain extent as well to what I call the cupboards of news, energy. 3F and um, the BBC. They want that access, but they want to control the message, and that's not always a good thing. It really cheeses me off, by the way. Um, you mentioned about social media. They whine all the time about social media, and then when you go on social media, who's there? MHKs. I mean, Alf's all over bloody Twitter, you know. Actually, to be fair, that was the thing I was going to say is that you get the thing of where you have. MHKs are going on a lot more on social media, and yet are amongst the first to say you get some very nasty comments on social media. What I find really interesting is, away from Twitter, the Manx are probably the only people in the world who will troll MHKs using their own names, because a lot of it is done on Facebook. Manx Twitter isn't a massive sort of thing. You get um, uh, Laurie Hooper and Chris Thomas spend many an evening talking to each other on Twitter, whether other people are engaged with them or not. They just seem to enjoy it. Um, but Aside from that, you don't really get a lot of discourse, I find, at least looking at it on Twitter. You sort of get some unnamed accounts that do it. But most of it is on Facebook, which I find really interesting. But I think, ultimately, the biggest thing is that when it comes down to... This is a lot easier for for politicians to manage. It's a lot easier. And the media does have a problem here in that real-time politics playing out on social media is difficult for all of us to play with because it's very difficult for us to manage and present things as we want them. Ultimately, all media wants people to read their stuff. You know, that's what part of it is. And how we do that is, is a challenge for us. But ultimately, politicians also, I think it's easier game for them going on social media because they don't necessarily have... They can just stop looking at it. They can just walk off. If you have a minister in here and they just suddenly walk off halfway through, you're going to sit there and go, well, what are you doing? You can't it, just go off and make a cup of coffee, sit It down. would make for an exciting radio show, certainly. Um, and actually, Bernard, uh, I mean, you made the point that they'd, they'd be queuing up to come and join me on, on my programmes. There are certain MHKs that I know if I pick up the phone and ask them to come on a show, they'll come on the show. Uh, there are others, same as Paul, uh, that I I ask and I ask and I ask and I never, never in, in many occasions, mm. uh, don't even get the courtesy of a reply. So... Um, yeah, you, you, if if people are concerned about hearing the same voices uh, week in, week out, that's because those are the ones who are prepared to talk. OK, let's make this clear. If they've got a good news story, they'll be all over you like a rash. If it's something tricky, you get the, well, I'll do the interview, but don't ask me about X or Y. And I go, and I always go, I'm sorry, that's exactly what I will be asking you. You can answer it how you like, but I won't do that question. Now, there are people that will actually engage on that level which is outrageous you should never give in a list of your questions beforehand because that's what it's coming down to these are the questions i will answer i won't take number four and eight they're off and if people do that if any journalist does that then they're in the wrong job in my view yeah. and strangely they engage uh, well I, I seem to hear it occasionally um on uh, the likes of the man in line they seem to like that but having said that uh, and no disrespect to the man in line, which I give a lot of sp- uh, stick to as well. I mean, I I was <laughs> opposed to it being um, uh, taken off uh, some years ago, uh, really, because the government didn't like it. I mean, that's how bad media was then. The man in line disappeared or was chopped down to one day a week, I think. The government, Be- sorry, a government official was paid to listen to the man in line. I know that's a fact. Yeah. You know, someone down there in the office had to write down anything that the government yeah. was getting hassle they, about. They like that, but it, it, it's mainly talking to a segment of, of audience that's the same people from what I hear, you know, that's, that's coming in. But they do seem to like that, and that's quite interesting because um, they seem to abhor a popular social media and yet they enjoy populism 
in an environment where they, I assume, think they've got more control. Um, but, I mean, going back to right what you said earlier on, I think it's the important thing, is what's been memorable. And I, I can't think of anything that's uh, been memorable. Certainly, if you cast your mind back, even as far back as uh, before the Walker uh, government, back to Dr. Mann, you can think of significant events that occurred um, in given years. I don't think that uh, this last year past will, will be one of them, you know. Uh, well, I, I disagree totally. I mean, Dr. Ranson issue is the by, and you mentioned it already, is by far the biggest thing that this the Isle of Man has had to deal with, and it's not over. And I have lived with this all year. I feel sick at the, the, what has come out. I feel absolutely what is going on when they keep, they looked into one little part of government and found what they found. How does that reflect on all these other people? And I know there's great civil servants, and, and I really feel sorry for them who are doing over fantastic job but when you see what happened and yet no one was actually dismissed i mean they all were just in their letter of resignation or you know to go off into the sunset this is not right it's not that simple though i mean i'm talking now from the point of view of a, a trade union official and if i was representing uh, people who were in the frame if you want to put it that way for the ransom thing i'd be doing me damnedest for them I, I I went into uh, disciplinaries when I was a union official, knowing very well that the person or persons I was representing might be as guilty as hell, but I was going to do a job for them. And, uh, you know, without blowing my own trumpet, I usually could carry the day. And it's most difficult to uh, carry out a disciplinary, not just in the public sector, but in the private sector, because there's industrial relations law and there's the complications that go with that. So it's often easier to get people to say, I'll write a letter of resignation. You say I've done a great job uh, while I've been here and we'll try and draw a line under and it. I know that doesn't gel with the public, just, but that's none the realities. Of this, potentially, none of this may have got into the public domain if the, if they didn't have such a team. I mean, having the husband as a QC or now yes, whatever. Yes, I, I, I heard all your uh, interviews but, with Chris Robertshaw on this. I, I followed so it in detail. Because it could have just gone like so many other things. You know, a bit of tape over your mouth, there's a check, off you go. Right? Mm -hmm. This has gone much further. And now we're recording this before transmission uh, in the sense of the ex-poll is still waiting for that. I mean, what that will show, who knows? I don't think it's that memorable now, though. I oh. mean, well, uh, you I, may uh, think so. Sam, it's not all Sa Sam uh, you're, um, you're allowing, maybe out of Phil respect... Phil to uh, uh, stop uh, the fight. <laughs> you're, out of respect, you're allowing the... the, the um, the, the, the more senior uh, members of, of <laughs> the panel grumpy old men. <laughs> to, to, to have the footholds uh, forth. But, but actually, the, 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 um, maybe this is something that uh, Alf Cannon needs to take some credit for. Maybe he, uh, he, he wouldn't publicly want to do this, but the fact that he has, or somehow a manipulation behind the scenes has occurred that has resulted in so many senior... Um, uh, chief executives, uh, senior uh, officers in government, deciding that uh, they would be happy to resign and spend more time in their gardens is is that is that not a memorable thing for uh, uh, this year? Well, it's it's arguably memorable, and I think there's still elements of that which are still being played out. But I think you know, Birdie says about when he was a union rep, but you would have expected when you went into that room for all the facts to be on the table for a start, you would have expected all the documentation there. We have. Pretty much, I could tell you things that would make you. <laughs> but we have, <laughs> but we have it. You know, we've we've got it from the tribunal itself saying yeah. that the government did not disclose documents during all this process. We have various things that are still ongoing, like this expo investigation, which could still affect ministers who are in post now, around mm -hmm. when documents were allegedly created. I mean, there's a lot with that, which. So whilst, again, we're oh, come on, I've, to go been over round, this. I've been round the block a few times. The Isle of Man government's been cruddy round the edge for years, right back before Phil Gorn was there as a minister. There were, there were often situations um, that, you know, questionable practices went on and so on. So um, I, don't, I don't see anything. I know this was dramatic because it was played out... Um, against the background of everything that had gone on in COVID and the fact that the island, first of all, had got a tremendous amount of positive publicity and then that just went whoosh, down the drain in, a, in a, an instant, if you like. And th there's no doubt that that lady was treated very badly and, and 
you wonder were there others as well, you know, people who were pressured and so on. Um, but I don't know. I don't think, uh, well, you fellas were saying it before. I, I take as gospel what I uh, hear the media saying. Uh, you were saying <laughs> it before that if uh, it's the bins issue or uh, the horse trams or something like that, people are more interested in that. And I think you're probably right. They, uh, or, you know, how soon we'll get a few more sleepers for the Ramsey Pier what, what, or whatever. One, one bit of politics perhaps that has been... Um, a, a, Attracting public interest, and and uh, I, I'm amazed that you don't think this is memorable, is a chief minister deciding to appoint a minister and then within two months deciding to sack the minister. And the quite extraordinary events that took place in, in the November Tinwald when the uh, urgent question was put down by Tim Glover, um, where um, the chief minister was um, asked a question by a minister who is, uh, or a former minister, I should say, who, uh, who is, who, whose integrity is brought into question by this whole Ranson uh, affair. Um, and the chief minister then lavished praise on, on, uh, on that minister, which then resulted in the sacked minister um, getting really quite upset that apparently the person who had had to resign because of a question over his integrity um, then uh, 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 what does that say about the integrity of the minister that's just been sacked and, well, and, and it's, it, it all seemed quite bizarre it was bizarre but is it I mean ultimately and I don't want to damage any egos here it was good political theatre but there wasn't nothing majors changed you know, we've still got the situation where a minister was appointed and then sacked. We still haven't really got to the bottom of that. There's mm. a back and forth of what went on with members of the department. And, again, you're stuck at a point of, well, there's three different versions of this, of this story at this point. So there's going to be an investigation into that. We'll, this is ongoing with the Standards Committee. We'll see how that goes. But, again, I think it was political theatre, but not really. If you ask the average person in the street if they, what happened that day, they'll probably be able to say that... Rob Carlson got sacked as health minister after refusing to resign. They may not even know who the chief, uh, the, the, the health minister is. I mean, if you go down the street, how many people know, you hold pictures up of all the cabinet, who would they actually know who they are? <laughs> I did that once, and yeah. it was not... I did that for I'm looking forward to this uh, Isle of Man TV <laughs> exclusive. This has got to be done. But you know what I mean? I'm back to the engagement, isn't be- it? Be- most people are just worried about... Day. Most people just worried about what they're getting that night for tea, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, you know, how much money's in their pay packet, obviously. Well, yeah, I mean... I don't, let's try and find. I'm going to find a positive thing that's happened this year, which I think actually was quite memorable. Mm-hmm. Was if we go back into the spring when uh, Putin invaded Ukraine, and the island sort of we you know we started decorating things in blue and yellow, but then from that you had this uh, service in Villiers Square, and at that we also had the thing of where we've got to over 100 uh, Ukrainians have been welcomed onto the island, and I think that was largely that was largely driven by the cabinet office, uh, Kate Lord Brennan as minister in there. And this really small team who started looking at things and going, you know, they put a system together that worked mm. and makes people opened up. And I think that is probably, to me, actually the most memorable thing that's happened yeah, this year. Sorry, where were the Syrians? They weren't allowed in, were they? You know, there's a whole thing. It's, it's okay for Ukrainians. I agree with you, I agree with you on so that. So there's a double standard going on there. I do agree with you on that. Right. But ultimately, different government, different times. Well, and we've sure. now got a situation Daphne where... Daphne Kaye may disagree with you because she still wants it more. Yeah. Well, until the last election came around and didn't want to talk about it. Really? But you said that. No, I had no. Paul's dead. Then, no, then. no, I didn't. I, Paul's just to make that clear. Right I did not ask that. You're dead right. You know, it, it, well, much as I don't want to uh, agree with you, well. it, it it actually shows up the hypocrisy of the situation. I mean, it's not just that, and. You know, fair play to them. I, I support the idea of uh, uh, bringing uh, Ukrainian refugees here and doing what we can to assist, you know, albeit that in the, the great scheme of things is not a, a, a large contribution. It's well worth doing. But we didn't do it over Syria. And uh, coming back to what's happening today, we're still assisting the RAF to train pilots who uh, bomb Yemen, you know, so it's hypocrisy as far as I'm concerned. Alf Cannon didn't want to answer John Wannenberg's question about that, but he was quite happy to bask in the adulation of the fact that uh, Daphne had managed eventually to persuade them to allow um, some refugees in from Ukraine. So I agree 100% with Paul that that will be memorable, 
book memorable for hypocrisy. Sorry, Sam. <laughs> well, let's go. I mean, we, we've we've been t- saying that that uh, we need uh, you know it's the bread and butter issues that attract people's attention. Pensioners. So, so one of the the memorable things, uh, of course, has been uh, of the year um, is. The, the loss of the ability of Manx people to go out into Manx shops and buy Manx bread. Um, you can, if you know which shops to go to, you can get some excellent stuff from Ross Bakery and uh, um, uh, Nor Bakehouse. But the, 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 the end of mass-produced bread on, on, on the Isle of Man, uh, I mean, if that's not bad enough, uh, you know, uh, driving a stake through the heart of Manx society, the loss of Ramsey Bakery's pasty slice. I mean, where 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 do we go from? Uh, for, well, from the, here? the government uh, didn't precipitate that. I mean, the the bakery as a business decided to uh, make this decision, which they're perfectly entitled to do. But this plays to the narrative that governments, not just the Alf Cannon one, but governments successively for decades have pandered to the Chamber of Commerce. More hate figures for me, and the business community generally. But the business community only looks after itself. And you're right to focus on the the bread issue and so on. But uh, in actual fact, that was a commercial decision they made. And the government had to decide whether they leapt in and uh, tried to salvage something. I think they found that they couldn't do it in the way that uh, I recall some years ago when um, I was first in the union. The decision was made to modernise Laxey flour mills so there would be uh, um, a staple product to supply the the, the bread uh, industry here. There, there was there was much more sort of interest in that at the time and and Ireland food security. Despite all the blather in the former administration when Jeff Boot was minister and now with Claire Barber, I I haven't seen them do a heck of a lot to. Uh, stimulate uh, l- local production of uh, foodstuffs. It seems to me that the agricultural sector are always fighting to try and get support. That doesn't gel well with the public either, because the public, uh, if you mention farmers, they're about as popular as uh, dogs are to uh, postmen. Um, <laughs> but in actual, in actual fact, we need the farming industry, and I think. Uh, one of the people who's done a fair job of highlighting the difficulties that they face is uh, Alf Soppo in uh, Aaron Michael, who seems to have a good head on his shoulders, and you don't often hear me say that about a politician. <laughs> I'm sure Tim uh, Johnson would be delighted to hear that. Um, and, and I did love the way that you started off by saying this has nothing to do with government and then turned it all the way around to say actually government should be involved. Yeah, well, you've got the choice. Do you, do you nationalise it? Then again, look at the meat plant. I mean, that's that's a massive damning report, was that not? I mean, I did interviews with the last lot they're in, who were meant to be better than the re- previous ones before that. That's when we were still getting interviews. I don't think I got an invite for any interviews now on this one. Um, I mean, clearly, it was pretty damning from all accounts, but they've had another change of ownership, but it is a government thing. And I talked to farmers who literally could not believe how bad this had got. But most wouldn't want to go on camera because, you know, they'd upset somebody and they wouldn't get their meat processed, probably, or their, their animals. Yeah. Again, another report, another change... But will we be talking about this again in a few years' time? And are these not memorable things that are happening? Um, We're going through them, aren't we? We're talking. Well, uh, yes, but we we began, or or my guests began, by saying that it was an unmemorable year. Well, I suppose one thing you can Um, say is that if you look at this, this is how much has the government been in control of any of this narrative? Has it actually set out to do something and go, and this is what what we're going to do this year, and... There's been none of that, really. So this mm. is all events. You know, the, the Ramsey Bakery, yeah, it would be a memorable thing yeah. to shut down. It wasn't a government decision. It just happened to them. I, I get and the impression Alf is a bit like me. I used to go in the union office in the morning, plant me feet on the desk and shout tea into the other room <laughs> in the days when you could do that sort of thing to your secretary and it wasn't regarded as non-PC. And then you took the day from there. You wonder, actually, how Alf... Uh, fills his day when he isn't jetting off to uh, the Gulf or South Africa or Bel- uh, uh, was it Brussels or something? I don't know. Yeah. Um, it, it's what's the government doing? You know, you used to get uh, 
did my head in, but Paul, every couple of weeks, would have Alan Bell sitting in or whoever uh, giving him a breakdown of what the government had done over the month or the two-week period. That kind of faded away when... Uh, Howard Quayle came. Howard didn't really want to engage. No, not uh, as much. That was that was obvious, and uh, I don't see it the same uh, with Alpha. Although I believe Alpha's on the uh, the man in line tomorrow, so he's obviously willing to engage with somebody. You'll have to, to, to get him in. Well, You're losing your charm. No, to be fair, I've I've always got Alf whenever, and he's. We, we don't go through comms for Alf, oh, because if you go through comms, you might well be stuck in repositions you know, for, for some time, because they've got to make phone calls. And Are uh, you the same? He, yeah, we we saw him recently, and he said, call me. If you want me, call me. And he can't do better than that. You know, yeah. That's going straight to the top. Um, I, think, I've, I find him very engaging, to be honest, and he will answer. Any, I mean, he may, he may say the world's flat, and these are not the droids you're looking for, but he will give you an answer. I suppose if it was going to be kind, and you know, season of goodwill and all that, why not? <laughs> let's, give it, let's give it a try. We hear the three wise men and, and Phil. The guiding star. <laughs> um, well, we've got the tinsel up here. <laughs> um, but I suppose if you're going to be kind, you could say there was a lot that this administration has had to pick up from the last administration. And there seems to be quite a lot of foundation laying, almost, in the first 18 months of this government. This is so, turning into a good cop, bad cop routine between <laughs> me and you. You're the good cop. Well, let's see where we get to. But, I'm just know. bad. You know, well. the cops would abhor me describing myself as a cop. <laughs> but I, I suppose if we're going to be thing, we could, you know, maybe there have been foundations laid and things. But admittedly, from speaking to people, you probably shouldn't speak to over coffee in the morning sometimes, they have the same sort of a thing where the government has sort of lost its momentum. And that's reflected by Tim Mould as well, which, I mean, well, when was the last time you can remember okay, it? It's more risk averse than ever. But then you, being the champion of freedom of information, they're now always worried about everything. You know, he goes off to. The chief goes to somewhere, but now they actually release the, the, the numbers up front, don't they? Yeah, because they got as, so fed up with you. It's not as going in for the FOIs. Well, it's not as entertaining now because I don't, I don't, I can't actually remember where that website is where it all gets published. Wow. But you used to get itemised things. So if you remember, the, the famous one was a, um, a certain MHK going off to I think it was the Falkland Islands for, for a trip. You talk about aspirin gates, and you were able to break down. Yeah, we got aspirin. He got yeah. tissues. He had a bit of a runny nose that week, so you can oh, see what it was. Oh come on! Every, but, anybody could have a headache. I bet you pair have been hung over a few charging times. it to the bill. That was the whole thing. It came this out in FOI. Get, wasn't, wasn't it? Well, it's the whole point is that you, you used to be able to FOI. This stuff which was entertaining. Well, well, Having been a union official, I'm not going to criticise anybody uh, and their expense. What's the best thing you ever changed charging expenses? <laughs> <laughs> this is going down a really weird rabbit hole it now. It is, isn't it? Um, let's, let's stick with the positives. I, I, I'm going to join the good cup side and... Uh, I attended. Well, I'm sorry to. Well, no, to no, I'm no. sorry to disappoint you. No, no, you're doing a great job. <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint you, but uh, when Alf Cannon was appointed chief minister, despite the fact that I masked it well, I thought this guy's got potential. I think he still has, if he keeps his nerve, and most importantly, if he has a look round that table at the shower he's got with him and decides it's time to throw the cards in the air here. Maybe he should watch a few episodes of House of Cards because then he might get a team. Because at the end of the day, an effective chief minister is down to the team that he's got. Can I- and, and the plan. And, you know, I attended, I actually sat through the full two days of the government conference down at the Villa Marina and um, yeah, I, I know, I know. But uh, it's clear that government at least has a well thought out strategy, uh, which is a good thing. Um, it's not unique to this government, but it's. You know, uh, it's... you've only got a deck of cards to play with, and you know, for your time there, right? There's only so many people to fill those slots, and it's clearly struggling. When the, the, the latest sort of going back and forth, and Mr. Hooper goes back into health again, but still keeps the other one on, it seems to me that he's he's struggling to find people suitable but to he has join advisors, the club. Surely he has advice. I mean, you have to have MHK's head of, don't you? I, I know I'm a big head, but a Bernie Moffat union official, blah blah blah. Behind me, there were a group of people banging me on the shoulder, very frequently saying, "No, don't do that. Let's have a think about this," and so on. I would hope that Alf Cannon has advisers 
Uh, I don't mean political advisors. I mean in his executive. I mean Spiritual. he hauled them, um, hauled that uh, what's his name, <laughs> Caldrick fella with him from the Treasury. So he he must have confidence in him. But he must have advisors and things like you referred to before that business with uh, uh, slotting Rob Collister into uh, DHSC and then finding he didn't appear to gel with the others or they didn't gel with him or whatever. That should have been predicted, and it's not down to Cannon. It's down to whoever was sort of uh, leaning on his shoulder at the time and saying, this might be a good move. I take your point. It's a limited pool to work, but there's people in there with uh, their talent. I mean, I think uh, being uh, bullish and to the fore and willing to express a view best person you've got in the keys at the moment is probably Claire Christian. Now, I don't particularly like her that much because she's always banging on about the Chamber of Commerce and business and so on. But politically, she's got a, a bit of uh, a go in her, a bit of zip in her. And, uh, I mean, some of the current co-men are the living dead, to be perfectly honest. Okay, okay. Let, let, let me have a second here on this one. You're talking about the Sir Humphreys you, running t- the thing, right? Now, they're the people behind the MHKs. You're telling me to shut up yeah, now. Yeah, I knew yeah. this would happen. Because <laughs> you're just hogging everything. Uh, and poor old Sam's looking there. He's not going to get wooden. Just as well Alistair didn't turn <laughs> oh, up. Oh, I know. Because we would but never have had space for you him. Know, you know, sorry, Phil, looking at you, when you get a question in Timwald, the first one, you know the answer. Because, you, you know, you have it there. Then after that, and when I film it, you see... Certain MHKs have piles of potential. Where's it going to go on the next, re, you know, rebuttal sort of thing? And that's coming from civil servants, right? Now, remember we had that whole thing about the buses in TT are all running to time because he read it out. But other people saying well, that can't be right. But how far down do you go by just believing somebody below you and, who's and written this out for you? Isn't that no, part of the I... problem with Tinwald at the moment, that far too much is being prepared in advance and read out? And I thought it was supposed to be a debating It's scripted chamber. to some degree. And, I didn't and... say script. I said advice and things like, a po- can we agree, uh, Mr. Moulton? as it was Mr Moffat earlier from somebody. <laughs> uh, can we agree, Mr Moulton, that taking a decision like appointing somebody to uh, the Ministry for Health and Social Care in the middle of what's obviously a health crisis, and I don't just mean the pandemic, I mean the fact that there's a strain on medicines at the moment, there's a strain on personnel. Appointing somebody to that key position, you need to have input to it. Uh, ultimately, of course... Um, I'm not advocating that politically the decisions aren't made by the politicians. But you have a, a, a tier of senior civil servants, so they're competent. One of the things that I remember from the very fractious dealings I had with government over th- almost 30 years was most of the chief executives I dealt with were extremely competent. I I don't know what the current situation is, but I'm pretty certain that there would have been advice from the the likes of Fred Kiswick when he was chief secretary to Miles Walker and those that he advised thereafter. Um, I would have hoped the same for Will Greenhow, for the, the, the ministers that he subsequently advised. And uh, I would expect Alf Cannon should have uh, got the same advice from... Uh, Caldrick, maybe Alpha's winging it. I don't know. Uh, Philip, then, Philip can ask him you, or Andy Wint. Uh, you do uh, have the problem in that you've got Caldrick's the interim chief secretary, interim at treasury, interim at health, yeah. interim at uh, infrastructure. I think you've only got was it education and enterprise mm. have definitely got fixed. So you've got, I might have forgotten one there too, but you've got this problem across the country. You've got a lot of interim people, even the you know, the head of comms is still as the interim head of comms. He's been in the job for two, three years. So it's, it's sort of. I'm going to sound racist, but uh, when chief executives had names that sounded a bit lot more like Manx people, um, I, I think things were a lot better. You know, it, I mean, it's an interesting. If point. I keep uh, coming it, and going, by the way, it's because it, Paul uh, he's keeps grabbing, back and I keep pulling him forward. <laughs> keeps, keeps grabbing me by thought the throat. He's sneezing up there or something. For you, <laughs> have, you, have you phoned Alf and just offered you services? Because you seem to yeah. be gearing up. Legco's getting an election in February. You seem to be gearing up for yes. something here. Yeah. I said to everyone, come on, put yourself up then. Come I on. was once approached by somebody in this room to uh, take a seat in Legco. Mm. I didn't know you were you that Powerball. I was going to say, not you or me <laughs> then, so that only leaves one or, person. Or at least have a stab for it. On the same day, 
I got um, another call from another MHK. That's how desperate they were at the time. Why don't uh, you put up? It was the. It was the. Why t- don't you do it? Why don't you stand there? Come on. Oh, well, why don't moment. you, Paul? Yeah, Paul. <laughs> I didn't try. You might, you might, you might, yeah, for, that's true. For, I'm not, for, I'm not for quite sure. I come me. up here to be critical of the government, and immediately I've got to run it. I told you. I told you. I told. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told this. you I down in the purple room <laughs> that uh, what my idea. Of, uh, I'm not interested in you democracy see, demagogy. Is, he just wants so to be you, in charge. <laughs> you're happier. You'll be happier with Alf. Actually, he's not. He's not a bad lad. I mean, if I met him, I'd buy him a pint. Well, well, we've spent forty minutes ah. trolling through um, uh, an unmemorable uh, year. Uh, have we got any predictions from for, uh, for the future? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going to happen in 2023? I mean, I, I was speaking to a very prominent former politician who who gave Alf Cannon's administration another six months before it would fall. Um, are, are, anyone got any similarly bold predictions? Well, first of all, I think he's he's in it for his full term. I think he's, you know, again, you look at the pack, uh, who's going to be coming forward and, and unless he stood down I don't think there's going to be any sort of coup going on behind he's and entitled to his full term he's been elected exactly. I agree I, with I, you I, I, uh, I think it would be uh, extremely churlish of uh, members of the House of Keys in particular who will stand for election eventually to turn on him if he decided he wanted to go that's up to him but as you say he seems to indicate that he's quite happy to be there i might not like what he's doing but he went through the process he stood for election he then went through this you know arguably twisted procedure we have for appointing a, a chief minister and came out of the pack as the one that people wanted he's got the right to be there and he's got the right to expect a degree of support even if it's critical support from the members of the Keys and certainly from his cabinet. And if members of his cabinet are conspiring against them, he wants to execute them. I haven't heard anyone is. I don't know if anyone... Has anyone actually heard that there's any conspiracy going on here? I do think that Bernard is putting up a a very strong case to be the new chief secretary, though. Oh, you've got jobs coming at your left, right and centre, Bernard. (laughs) I'm coming round to what uh, Sam said. They should get round to appointing these... uh, the senior tier from interim positions mm. to holding the post completely. And if that, if Alf's comfortable with that guy who's running uh, the chief secretary's office now, he's, he should get him in post and uh, get on with it. The last thing we want is another, you know, pack of cards thrown up in the air and, and see what comes down. The government needs a bit of stability. Alf needs to stop jaunting off the island, not to mention MHK's uh, bombing off on CPA uh, jollies. That's a prediction for next year. They'll all be lining up holidays. Yeah, I'm but, more worried about that one. You know, these CPA things seem to be getting like left, right, and centre. And I don't it's really like a know. virus. It's worse than Not COVID. Sure. Everyone says it's all about contact, but I mean, really, ugh. what we haven't talked about is energy. Yep. And that's the crucial thing for all of us sitting in a very nice, warm studio here today. You know, the electricity is being pegged for so long. That is reviewed in all April, isn't it? No, it comes back. Um, Doctor Anson's come back in January to right. uh, to, to tell him where to it's going to happen. But it goes from, until uh, March, April, yeah. March. But I mean, you know, and then you got the whole situation with gas and where that's all going and where the future is. These are these are the questions that people at home actually will be now listening to us because they're concerned, like everyone, about heating their houses and and where we're going to go. Well, I mean, that's doing obviously while we sit here, and it will be the same when this goes out. Cura will be, if not yet, they will be very soon announcing what the gas price is going to be from January 1st. Mm-hmm. So we don't know if that's going to go up or down. The markets do seem to go up and down quite a bit as well. It's, you'd hope it's going to go down because that seems to be where the trend's going in the global market in recent weeks. But again, I mean, that's another one of these sort of things that we haven't really looked at. £26 million of public money to a public-owned company to be repaid by the customers, which is the public. It's well, that was big... what Tim would authorise, but yeah. the chairman was in front of the select committee saying we can't guarantee that's going to be enough. Oh. And... I mean, the MUA is, seems to be heading towards the same, not quite the same mess the MEA was in, but financially it's very difficult. And ultimately, I can't... I, I don't uh, I don't uh, buy into that, by the way, this business about the MUA, uh, or MEA as it was, and all the uh, rancour that went on when the new power station was built and the cable was put in, as somebody who worked for the Isle of Man Electricity Board uh, about 50-odd years ago, I can, t- and then somebody who represented power workers and so on. I can tell you the system in the Isle of Man up to about fifteen 
20 years ago just would not have sustained what's sustained now, which is an uninterrupted supply and a good solid supply. And that took investment. You never heard me having a go at uh, Mike Prophet, for example, who was at the MEA and got a lot of stick at that time. And I think one of the most positive things where government has found it's able to intervene, and here I do agree with you, is on the price of electricity and the tariff. And I do think that some of the money that Allenson's frittered around, given to this interest group and that interest group, and uh, pandering to those in the Keys that could twist his arm, if that had gone more to the MUA and instead of just... um, fixing the tariff they'd actually reduced it for the winter they'd have done a lot more for people generally and businesses on the island but Bernard, it's I, just a loan this is the whole thing we're talking about we're I, paying this off in future generations i know but the government have got to uh, the government did uh, drive down the subvention on one occasion by giving a direct cash injection and they should think about that now alan bell made a good point i always bring this up because I like Alan, he was a great chief minister. Uh, Alan Bell made a good point. Uh, when he first came into politics, he said the reserves of the Ironman government had were less than a million pounds or something. Mm-hmm. They've got reserves these days. And for goodness sake, don't go on about pensions and all that, because most people don't know what the hell they're talking about when they talk about uh, the the uh, subvention needed for pensions. They've got reserves at the present time, and they should use that to meet that loan, as you put it, and if uh, needs be, go further. They haven't got the bottle to do anything about the gas company, but they could do something in electricity supply here to ensure that at least for probably an 18-month period, people have got a cushion of security in terms of energy um, uh, supply here. Well, of course, we also know... I've run out of steam now. We're looking for... (laughs) We were waiting well, for We're looking forward, of course, you do have to think of that if you look at the area plan for the north and the west, mm-hmm. there's talk there of a power, something power related in the north, which possibly indicates worlds where the new interconnector is going to come in. Paul Rose has got a, power, a life in it up to about 10 years, probably shorter than that. You're looking at the end of this decade. So, you know, we have to look into this of how the government's going to resolve that issue, which is going to cost more money into the thing, because ultimately it's, we have a publicly owned power uh, power company so that to me is an interesting one is what we're going to see in the next year around energy okay. right? you, you were talking about um, the situation with a million pounds in, in reserves all those years ago we've got the big reserves now what is interesting is we're into the banks the, the, the Alaman government went in, into the money markets and have loans from commercial banks we do have now a situation where there's debt that's going to be serviced and with interest rates going up and all this sort of thing and the future where we're going with this well Phil, I, Phil will have called here's my, to uh, give you uh, advice about that here's and, my predi- and what the interest rates are and so on it might be been borrowed at a low interest rate in which case with rising interest rates actually the Ireland man government is probably in pocket from it I don't okay. know here's, I'm not a fiscal genius here's my like prediction you. for <laughs> next year taxes are going to go up I think we're being softened up by Mr oh, sorry Dr Allison at the minute I think there's almost certainly, and I can't prove it, but I've got had it from more than one source, that but obviously we, Jersey and Guernsey, will all move together on a one of the rates. And I'm assuming it won't be on the 20%, but you never know. But that's the only way the Isle of Man can start, and the other jurisdictions can start clawing back some of this money. Well, some people, some people can afford... Uh, to pay more tax. And They're here because it's low tax. Though, well, right? the, the, that's the problem. The government can't needs, if, if the government is going to go down that road, I mean, I'm one of the ones who moans on about tax all the time, but if the government's going to go down that road, it needs to look at the balance between whether it's going to squeeze the middle, as Allenson puts it, or whether it's going to spread the load further up uh, the food chain. Um, but, you know, if that's just the sort of thing they've got to do, well, again, uh, Cannon has got to uh, get and into Sam, it and get Sam, on with it. Sam, I, I mean, you will have um, read the, uh, the, the the documents, no doubt, the, the, the government plan uh, in relation to tax. Um, and actually, one of the things that's in there is uh, a recognition that there's not enough um, personal tax paid on the island. Oh, oh, well, no, sorry, it was the other way around. It's primarily personal tax and not enough... Uh, sort of corporation tax or business related yeah. tax. I think that that 
it'll be an interesting challenge that one actually um because overwhelming amount of tax on the arm comes in from um, personal i mean you have the zero ten set up around banking i think you'll probably see a gradual introduction towards larger companies paying some form of business tax on the arm people aren't realistically i don't think there's anything to gain from going around and start in you know small coffee shops where they've got five staff or independent business where they've got two or three people that is going to benefit nobody if they start charging tax there ultimately on the rest of us i think income tax is probably going to go up in some form or other it's still going to be lower than the uk but it's another hit into people's pockets and isn't this the whole thing about attracting people to their man we well, i mean i just know so many people are leaving it's just i've never seen anything like it this is the 30 year olds who who have been maybe come back after whatever but the, if you don't have that advantage to be here it's scary because we all know that Paul, you know, the MLC and his grass showing all this massive mm-hmm. way to the top. The the old people like you and me, Bernard, uh, old people, and there's not enough young people feeding into the system. And this must worry Dr. Allison. When well, he looks it, are you allowing ageism in here? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, sadly, sadly, we, we are almost out of time. So, uh, Bernard, you've you've uh, sat quietly for most of the programme. <laughs> um, uh, do, you, do you have a, a final um, uh, sort of flourish that you could give us in relation to no, what you I, think I the future holds? I only because you said you wanted somebody to serve them in spies, and I had to <laughs> substitute when Doug Stamper didn't turn up. Um, no, uh, you, looking ahead, I think uh, the, the government, the current government, as I said before, it's got to keep its nerve. And uh, Canon, uh, like them or loathe them, um, I'm a bit ambivalent about that, but uh, he's he's there for for a session. It would be most disappointing if some of the predictions that have been bandied around here that uh, people are saying he he might go come to pass, because then you're going to have um, Tinwald internalising again for another six or seven months at a time when the island needs a bit of stability. And I think the real impact of this winter will only become apparent round about the time that Allenson is standing up to give his budget in, uh, you know, t- uh, 10 or 12 weeks into the new year. I think then we'll know how people have withstood the winter. And I don't think gimmicks like uh, topping up benefits a little bit and having warm spaces where you can go and watch a film uh, once every two weeks or something is really going to help people. I think the government have... Uh, got to ensure not just coming out of this bad winter but going into the next one because i think this will go on for at least 18 months that they have a coherent plan in place i I sincerely hope they have i mean i'm getting to the point where i might not be around anyway (laughs) and on that note um (laughs) (laughs) i wish you all a happy new year